August 20, 2021. It's a Waffle for Pedro show. But the test was for me. That's what it was for. You know, they, they could do what they want to do. The thing was for me to remain firm in what I was doing. But it, that, that was a funny time, particular period in my life because I went through quite a few changes, you know, like uh, home life, everything, man. I just went through everything I was doing. Did this. The perfect wrong time to hit you. <laughs> everything, yeah, everything I was doing did like that. Yeah. But it was a hell of a test for me, and uh, coming out of it, it's just like I always said, man, when you go through these crises in life, you come through them, I come out of them, you're definitely strong. show happy friday started off with john coltrane talking to frank kosky in 1966 the parking lot of some supermarket in a station wagon this is just an excerpt within a year he'd be gone it's trippy when you listen and know that cinema cinema after that with collective outpoint brand new from them and uh it's no coincidence because I'm not man alone. Brother Matt's on the love grotto, the pleasure point still. Soon to be united with him. But in the meantime, I'm not man alone because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I got Brother Paul Kahlo with me. Welcome aboard, Paul. Hey, Mike, everybody in uh, Pedro and beyond. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Where are you talking from, Paul? I am uh, in my bedroom in Brooklyn, New York right now. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, straight up. Yep. <laughs> okay. I want to go back. First, we got to like give big mad respect to Ev. Uh, he, he put you up. He, you know, he's already been on the show, so maybe he thought it was your turn. <laughs> yeah. Also, he gave, uh, me, gave me the nod, yep. <laughs> the Geo, right? Not the no-go, but the Geo. Yeah, okay. good to go. <laughs> and we got a, a, and also uh, Brother Hal Wolf for making the connect to Hal and Wolf. And uh, like I said, Ev's been on the show before and he's talked to me about cinema, cinema. But I'm curious about you, Paul. You're the drummer, man. You're the stick man with the beat in his hand. But I want to find out about your journey through music. So can you bring me your earliest musical recollection, please? Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot because I was I was guessing I'd be asked some kind of question like this, and I don't usually like uh, recount my musical memories that much. I'm kind of like a, I don't I don't I don't I don't tend to dwell. I don't have such a good uh, memory of of all things. Ev's more the the memory man of the band. He has like an encyclopedic knowledge of dates, and he's just amazing. His mind is amazing like that. Me. It's hard, uh, you know, but my 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 first earliest memory, I think, that like really impacted me musically was uh, I, I used to do um, a 
I used to do um like a, it was like a talent show, kind of like a group, um, pa- like a church parish kind of group show that they put on every year for the for the community and my where I grew up in um, uh, Marine Park, Brooklyn. Um, so my dad is a musician, and uh, he would go and be part of this show every year, um, and I would kind of tag along as a young kid, um, probably like eight or nine, and. Uh, I, you know, I tried my hand at like learning guitar and stuff. And, uh, I remember it was a really painful experience. And, uh, I just, at, at a young age, I kind of was just like, ah, that, why does this hurt? I don't want to, I don't want pain to be involved with music. So I kind of just left that behind and kind of moved on. But I remember distinctly, um, going to that, uh, practice session with, uh, my dad for that parish, uh, community show. And, uh, there was a, one day there was a drummer there and, uh, I just was enthralled by um, the the magnitude of the kit that he had that he was bringing to this church gig. And uh, I was just I remember every time we went back after that, I kind of sat a little closer to the drummer. And eventually I became friends with the guy and uh, he kind of let me sit behind the the kit and let me hold the sticks. And uh, yeah, from from that point on, I just uh, I was just it was like a moth to the flame. You know, I couldn't I couldn't stop begging my parents to get me a drum set, whatever I, you know, whatever I could do to get a drum set in my apartment. And at the time I, you know, we lived in an apartment building. I grew up in an apartment building, so it was kind of a, not really a easy proposition to, to, uh, to get my parents to commit to giving me a, a drum set for my, for our house. But, uh, eventually I broke them down and, uh, that started the journey. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was probably, uh, well, I want to over- go before that because you must, like you're telling me your pop was a musician, so you must have had some experience with music. You said you tried to jump on the guitar. Was your pop a guitarist? Yeah, yeah. He's a guitarist and a singer and a songwriter. And uh, yeah, I mean, er, as early as early as I can remember, uh, he always had music on in the car. He was a big uh, Bruce Springsteen fan, a uh, fan of like uh, the singer-songwriter stuff, Cat Stevens, uh, Jackson Brown, that kind of stuff. And uh it was just always on in the car. So yeah, so I definitely had that swirling around in my, in my transom when I was growing up. And then that's what got me interested in the guitar. He, he got a guitar. He hadn't played in a while. And I remember my mom got him a guitar for Christmas one year and it was like a big deal, you know, it was like this big purchase and he hadn't had one in years and he got back into it. This is about when I was probably five years old. So I guess maybe that's my earliest memory. Like, uh, Did you jump of... on that guitar? <laughs> I tried to. It was a little bit of a sacred you uh, thing, you know. You. you said it was hurting you. What part of the guitar was hurting you? You mean you trying to put your fingers on the correct uh, fret string kind of thing? Yeah, man. I mean, I I, uh, I tried playing that guitar, but it was you know it got to the point where I was I was trying so often they just got me my own kind of uh, kid sized kid friendly guitar, and even that like trying to get the fingering and the chords at that young age, you know, guitar, I mean, at any age, it still hurts your fingers get, you know, pushing the strings and getting the chords right. Like you said, well, so sticks uh, put calluses on your hand. Probably. I mean, anything. I'm, uh, did you have lessons on that guitar? I never got lessons, but my dad, my dad tried to you teach got me lessons um, from your pop. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And how did that go? Not too good. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was a very patient, great teacher. I just was, I, I wasn't in the right mindset. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, there's uh, a lot of things that can fuck shit up like that. The, the, the <laughs> thing that really can get past that stuff is motivation, right? Like what you got seen at that church thing with the drums that I want music, but I want to do it that way. See how that kind of all of a sudden 
things that, like getting calluses not ain't it such a big deal because you want to be a fucking drummer man right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah right. exactly so i've, I've had many kid, they got you what was a christmas present um no this was this was um i was so adamant of getting it that i i this was after after christmas time probably in the middle of winter, probably February. I think it was like February of my uh, fifth grade year. So maybe 2000, February of 2000 was when I, uh, I got my first kit and it was just, I just wouldn't let up. I was just like, I got to get a kid. I got to get a kid. Please take me to the store. Okay, please, please, okay. please. So yeah. maybe it was like an advance on a Christmas or a birthday or whatever. <laughs> they just wanted to get you yeah. happy. Since I, what I think happened, they saw you fucking motivated and your pop being a music cat could relate right okay maybe not guitar yeah. maybe not bruce maybe not singer song but maybe stick man so what <laughs> was your first kit so the, the first kit i ever had was a like a very small uh starter kit like a it, had, it was a groove percussion it's like a i was a maybe you've seen it in sam ash or some of those uh stores like it's a kind of like a an econo line kind of uh drum yeah, set probably that's in made... my days uh rogers <laughs> okay yeah, yeah it's very similar yeah yeah, yeah. Some... can i ask you this uh you, you you know about trap kit right yes yes you know what that means um it's kind of like a like a cocktail kit right like a little no, like no, a symbol kit trap kit is what we call you know toms kick snare it's short for contraption <laughs> Yeah, because it was about 120 years ago in New Orleans it was invented. And they just fucking invented it as they went along, you know. So I'm just curious about that. There's a lot of bass shit I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I'm always learning. And I'm, I'm, uh, let me ask you about school. Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Well, when I, when I was first learning how to play, uh, my school didn't have a, uh, a music program to speak of. Yeah. Um, I went to Catholic school my whole life, so they, they didn't really have like uh, funding for the arts until I got into high school. But um, once I got into high school, I specifically found a high school that was uh, known for its or had an up and coming kind of music program that had a jazz band, a marching band, concert band, all that stuff. Well, New York and, City, I was reading a Billy Cobham interview. He said it was famous for this shit called drum corps. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah, really I, competitive. It was like fucking kind of cutthroat. Yeah, it was. They, they tried to institute that uh, at one point in my high school, but it, 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 it didn't stick for me. I, I, again, like I, it, got, it started to get competitive, like yeah, you said. Yeah, and, it, it turns into sports, right? Right, right, right. And yeah, you have bullshit. to go to, the, yeah, you have to go to the sports games. And like at that point, I mean, I'm, I'm well, willing I can to. See, I can see being the music for the sport, but when you start doing the music like sports, like, like using John Coltrane's giant steps to cut somebody. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, Elvin Jones. Uh, uh, look, I got a bunch of music from the new Cinema Cinema. And uh, this tune you uh, sent me, Cyclops. Let's play that right now. Sounds good.
Man, to bust that Berlin Wall in your brain, I wish you'd just take a fucking sledgehammer to it.
Every day. 
membrane is first embedded in plastic. Then, the plastic block is placed on a giant microtube. By means of elaborate mechanical and electronic controls, this instrument is programmed to cut away a very thin section of the brain, as little as 25 microns. Following each cut, the brain is automatically moved in front of a motion picture camera. The cut surface of the brain is illuminated, and the camera photographs the new surface that has been exposed by the removal of the thin slice by the microtone. A typical cinemorphology film for an entire brain depicts more than 10,000 surfaces. Each anatomical part is photographed in its natural position, in its exact relations with all other parts. The resulting motion picture films can be studied frame by frame, or viewed in smooth succession, forwards or backwards, at fast or slow motion speeds.
Pedro show that Cyclops from Cinema Cinema starting off that chunk of music. Then we had uh, Brett Goodsight in Milwaukee with his uh, GMY label just put out a new compla- a couple of compilations, number three and four. I think this first one is called uh, uh, Sublimation. Yeah, Sublimation, part of his uh, little series of uh, getting people together. GMY. OE for Operating Expenses Series. <laughs> kind of convoluted <laughs> title along there. But the main point is there's a lot of different people coming together to make music. So I'm playing a bunch of, the, of that stuff this uh, show. And tomorrow, I've got an, an, another comp. I'm going to play tunes from that. So uh, he, he asked me to do some. He was a guest on the show. And he said, hey, what? Will you play a collab with me? So I gave, he sent me some music. And I put bass to it. And... Uh, Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. I think it was part of the spiel in our interview, and he used it right in. So nothing's wasted, people. <laughs> you can always be part of the next thing you want to make, okay? Something to note to self. So good sight, what? With uh, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Then heavy pauses, blind arch, librarians, Aiden's lament, post-doom romance, being and destruction, farm acoustic with uh, Blay Blay Among. Yeah, so, you know, the, uh, cops are, are sort of like the old idea of uh, mixtapes, huh? You want to turn your buddies on to shit they ain't heard yet, so I, I like them. Uh, then uh, Bronze Age UFO, Lagoon Monster Rubber Mass, uh, Volume 2, Part B5, Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore, part of the Mold Omen family. Bomb is printed out of D.C. area, raw, violin, seed, oil slick, and finally, Cinema Cinema, brand new stuff, Colors. Back to Paul and his journey through music. So, Paul, it's it's man alone practicing in an apartment, <laughs> making a bunch of noise. Your parents are beautiful for letting that happen. But and I'm not saying after school I graduate, but after school in the afternoon, do you get into the apartment band, garage band, basement band, bedroom band with your buddies? I, actually, uh, my, my first band that I ever really uh, had was actually kind of with my, my father because um, he, he was still playing sure. all this time. And, you know, you 
kind of realized he realized at a certain point we realized at the same time oh he he has a drummer now for his songs so yeah, i actually yeah. got a really good um really good amount of experience like listening to another musician and and writing my own drum parts at an early age by being able to just jam with my dad on on whatever he whatever cover song he wanted to do or whatever original song he had so um you know i had lessons for like about a year or so when i first first started playing but like after that once i kind of got the 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 roots down of of how to make a beat i kind of was off to the races and then you know my dad kind of started showing me his songs and was that's kind of it was a good thing to have some lessons i thought so i mean my my uh god bless my uh my teacher he was a little bit uh out there but uh you know to from from what i from when i started and like the, again this this was a long time ago when there was no, you know, there was really not an easy way to like go online or find uh, videos or anything like that. I remember I had a, I had a VHS tape that came with my second ever drum set that I, that I owned. There was a step up from groove percussion. It was like a uh, Tama kit and it came with a VHS tape of Tama's a bunch of different. Tama's are pretty good. I think Dave Grohl played one. Yeah, that's I think kind of was my inspiration. I was into heavier music growing up, so like a lot of heavy drummers used Thomas. Yeah, so like, I forgot I thought, to ask you, what was the first record you bought with your own money, Paul? Oh man, the first record I bought with my own money. Um, Remember, it's a you know, for Pedro show, so there's no hard questions, there's no wrong answers. <laughs> I, I've I, okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest. I believe the first record I ever bought with my own money was. Um, an album by a band called Blink-182 yeah. when I was coming coming up. I probably, you probably know them. They're a, a pretty famous punk band now, but uh, or pop punk or whatever you want to call it. And uh, whatever you want to say about them now, as a kid growing up, they were um, kind of the, the big band. What's his name, Travis? Travis Barker, yep, yep. Man. Speaking of... He can play some drums. And, yeah, and, and man, then actually the man has played Hurt and stuff and still did an okay job. Pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, He's yeah. been through quite a bit. So and also he was in a... killed in a plane crash and shit, right? Right, right, right. Damn, he could very easily not my, be with my us My buddy right now. Fluff produced their first couple records. They were San Diego cats. Or probably still are. Uh, what was the first gig you went and saw, Paul? Um, the first gig I went when I, I went uh, probably to... There's another. There was an. I was really into the, the pop punk scene when I was growing up. At that, you know, in 2002, that's what was really popular, and I kind of fell into that. I saw so your I saw the picture, the, and I could tell by the headgear. Oh, <laughs> the the, the, <laughs> the, the snapback hat always gives it away. Look, <laughs> you were talking about playing with your pop in the pad, but did you ever do gigs with your pop early on? Then, absolutely, yeah. Um, what we did. That, what was that like? Oh, it was so much fun. I mean, uh, we had a great time. It was it was a great bonding experience for us too. But uh, what, it was what also kind like of pads were they like uh, coffee houses or? Yeah. So um, so eventually the 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 next year when I when we went back again to the um, to that uh, cabaret the parish church show that we put on uh, yeah. every year, uh, that next year I was the drummer of that show. Oh so wow! Any, yeah. So. So Within like, a year, like I was so motivated. It, yeah, I, like I, make it be so. You fucking made it be so. I, I really did. I really did. And I mean, I guess I, I was cheaper than the other drummer they were working, uh, hiring. <laughs> so whatever I had to do to broker that deal, I don't remember how that happened. But I uh, I wound up playing that gig. And then also my dad would, would uh, was also uh, playing some songs 
for that show too. So I would play with him then. So that was like the first time we ever really oh, played great. together. That's right. And it was probably your first gigs, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, you know, because sometimes you worry about it, right? I remember in little league and thinking, because like, right. Always there's one or two cats on the team. Their dad's the coach. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you get to play, but then you also get fucking the beat downs. Yeah, well, I had that too with my dad. He was <laughs> a coach of my, of my little saying. league team. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Paul. That's what I'm saying. So, but I, like most things human, there's the pluses, there's the minuses. <laughs> right. right. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, August 20, 2021, and Dish Watt Peter Show. Special guest, Paul Cowell. Hang tight for hour two. August 20, 2021, the second hour of the Watt from Pedro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Watch for Pedro's show start off the second hour with Cinema Cinema doing Cloud 2 as opposed to Cloud 4, which we played at the end of the chunk. But beginning there, Cloud 2. And then Todd Mattel with Orsinesneta. Sin, <laughs> Fuck, why do people do these? I'm just retarded with language. I'm sorry, people. S-Y-N-E-S-T-N-E-T-E, B-C, from Todd Mattel. This is off of Brett Goodsight's. Got some noise going on over there, Paul. And then uh, Katsuya Ishigami with uh, memory modification 202-10526. Yeah, these titles. Head boggle, MM minus V plus G2 minus B1. And finally, Cinema Cinema with Cloud 4. And by the way, people, it's Claro. Paul Claro. <laughs> so it's so fucking it, my scusi for my fucking error. Yeah, that helps. If you pronounce it with the, the accent, it helps. Claro. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> you know, I, I play in the band with two Italian guys. They all Sonia and my and Sailor's Dream. And uh, yeah, every time I hear them speak, I'm, I know how fucking stupid I am for not <laughs> right. But you know, I'm a learner. I'm I'm I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm here to learn. So we can ask. <laughs> right, right. Now let's talk about. Uh, okay, you must evolved a little past the church uh, pop thing, right? Playing with a cat your own age. 
Yeah, eventually, um, by the time I, uh, right before I got to high school, by, um, you know, I, I started off when I was um, in fifth, sixth grade, and then I was kind of like the nerdy kid sitting in the corner reading a Guitar Center magazine or a drum head magazine or something, and then I was a little ahead of the curve, so by the time I, I was in eighth- Wasn't it called, isn't the big one for you guys, Modern Drummer? Modern Drummer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the big one. I preferred the drum head magazine okay that's okay I don't know. that's okay but I, I remember seeing that a lot i think yeah, george I think, uh, george hurley might have ended up on the cover one year did he really oh man love hurley man he was so he's, 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 yeah he's amazing um but i i think modern drummer actually is gone now i don't think it actually uh continues no well, we're talking published. about the older days right when you transition from your pop in the church to like playing with you know like you said your your nerdy kid in the corner <laughs> reading magazine and then all of a yeah. sudden what you're the man with the stick exactly. in his hand in demand right? okay. exactly exactly so yeah so that that desire that my dad had to have a drummer that that actually existed in uh in, in eighth grade for me as well in my actual uh my peers that uh, used to think i was a weird nerdy music guy music geek uh, eventually they all got into music and then all of a sudden they wanted a drummer and they wanted to start a band so i wound up being in like three different bands uh, between like seventh and eighth grade before I went to high school. And that, you know, it's we, no we didn't problem, really. Right, Paul? Because so many, it's the same with bass, right? Because everybody wants to rock the guitar and be lead singer. Oh, yeah. Lots, oh, of, yeah. lots of O word for us, uh, opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they didn't know what, the, what they had coming. Oh, when yeah, they I know, eight. I know, exactly. But but that's <laughs> kind of the, the, the dynamic, right? Totally, totally. And, you know, it's 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 hard to find a drummer because of all the reasons we just said of, uh, you know, it's it's a big instrument. It's a big commitment. And I mean, even people who have houses, their parents don't even want to. I think it's an image problem. Like the drummers are retarded and like real musicians <laughs> are lead guitar and singers. Yeah, right. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To make a band, you need all kinds of cats. So you're in three different bands at the same time. Now, are these bands doing a. Uh, do they ask you to write material? Because you said you got to write your own parts with your pop. Yeah, I mean, I, back, back here when I was playing with the kids in my uh, my school, um, we just wrote stuff and jam stuff from from scratch, basically. And uh, yeah, I was we were writing our own stuff and also yeah. playing playing some covers of like the bands of that time. Sure. sure. But uh, um, but yeah, you know, like, and then by the time I got into high school, then it really kicked into gear. I met I met a bunch of different people, and then I was also playing in all the different bands that the school had to offer while also still playing with my dad. We, we, we did some coffee house gigs. We graduated up from the, the, the cabaret thing of the parish to right. playing some coffee gigs. Um, uh, right, some, you, I think were, we, you were in the school. Oh yeah. Because the Catholic school didn't have the program, but the high school did. Yes. So, yes. Exactly. So you're in the marching band. Are you slinging? So you learned how to play traditional? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I learned, uh, I was obviously playing match grip my whole, yeah, my whole rock time. And but, roll, right, right. Right. And then, um, we, we, we were playing some parades and marching stuff. And right. Well, I had you got to kind of sling it, right? Cause you're slinging the drum. Yeah. And I'm having the drum on my, on my body. And it's unless, whole... unless you were one of the guys who got to play the tritoms. Oh, I got to do it all, Mike. Oh, I got to do everything. Okay. <laughs> the tritoms, right. It's all out in front of you like a fucking chow table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, you can't you can't really uh, traditional grip that. You need yeah, to, you need yeah, to kind of yeah. strike it's from the because you got a little section there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You get a little drum solo. And, oh yeah, uh, there's some some bands here, especially inner city. They had it happening with that stuff, rocking. Oh, I, I mean, really rocking. Uh, look, Trigger, Cinema, Cinema, new stuff. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, my God.
show that chunk of music star out brand new cinema cinema trigger and then uh, j- uh more from uh red good sites uh three sublimation jim baker fred longberg home and weasel walter there's a drummer man weasel walter oh yeah odom well by the way michael evans drummer man who was on the show a few months ago covid19 just got him people this shit's serious he's a beautiful man i never got to meet him but he got to be on the show, and he really inspired me with his the, the stories of his journey through music. Incredible. Ended up in Sun Ross Town, uh, 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 Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, you Fell Overboard by the Geodes alternate version. And finally, Cinema Cinema with Crackadale. Paul, how, how did you meet Ev? Well, um, I... <laughs> If my, my earliest memories of, of ever start from when I was a, when I was a kid going over to my my uh, my aunt my aunt's house my grandparents' house where uh, my aunt and, and Ev lived you know Ev is my cousin for people who don't know um, so I met Ev uh, you know as soon as I was born basically but uh, we didn't really start like a real he's you know ten years older than me so um, I always kind of looked up to him and uh, but he wasn't really around you know he was ten ten years age difference from one year. You know, it's big five. Time. To, it's fucking way yeah. big time because it's like you're in grade school. He's graduating high school. Right, right. So it didn't really level out until. But Paul, you knew him at, not just a cousin, but you knew him as a music man too. Yeah, I mean, my from very early on, I remember uh, people in my family talking about, oh, Ev has a gig coming up. Ev's a singer in a band. Ev's playing guitar. Um, you know, and my my family is relative. My family on my my dad's side is a relatively musical family. So. Um, it wasn't too like surprising that there was another musician sprouting from the. No, but in the, a way, you wanted to fucking play with him, or did he seek you out? I think um, the the story that I that I will stick to is that my whole life, as soon as I realized that I wanted to play music, uh, and even before that, I felt this kind of draw being drawn to Ev and being interested in what he was doing, even before I got into music. And then when I started playing, you know, I, I had this real desire to. Um, at least have him know that I was a musician too, you know? Um, you and then as the first time you guys played together. Yeah. I remember the first time we played together. It was, um, probably it was my, my high school graduation. Um, he, you know, it wasn't really like uh, a gig where me and him played by ourselves, but I think, you know, similar to other occasions, every once in a while we would throw a party and my, me and my dad would play at the, at the party, whether it was like a birthday party for somebody or one of my 
birthdays or just a family gathering that was related to my family specifically, me and my dad would use that as an excuse to, uh, to jam and play and play some songs for everybody. So, um, I believe the first time me and Ev played is Ev came to my graduation party and, uh, he sat in with me and my dad and we just played some covers and that's the first time. And I remember just, there's this picture of me that I have that I, I cherish to this day. It's just like, I have this like shit eating grin on my face and I'm just like, so happy to be playing with my dad and with Ev and in front of my family. Like it was such a nice moment, but having, now, yeah, now, yeah. Now the cinema cinema, that's his baby, right? So when do you get asked to board? Well, uh, like I said, like I was always interested. I always knew I was a fan of, of Ev's music with cinema cinema before I got into, uh, playing with him. Um, he had a couple of albums out of music that he was recording with other people. Um, his friends, Pat and Chris, who were originally playing with. Um, and then, um, you know, eventually they went on to move on to other things and Ev was looking for a drummer, but I had always kind of was interested in his music. I was a fan. So, and I remember even before he had cinema, cinema music, he was doing his own solo stuff. And I remember he had a website back in like 2004 or 2005 or something like that. And I remember thinking, Oh man, he's got a web Like that was a, a big deal back then. Like there was no social media. It was like a big commitment to have a a website back in 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 those early days like that. So um, I would the and he would page stream. Goes back to 1996. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like fanzines. Everybody'd have one. I thought it was a great idea. And then everybody wow. flocks to fucking shitter, fake look, and instant ham. <laughs> the corporate ones, but right, there's still right. people with. So you wanted to play with him even before Cinema Cinema. And what, but what happened was Cats left him and, and, and that opportunity was an opening. And right. I and guess this, he, you know, he got to play with you and your pop. He knew your abilities. So what was it like a ring ding dingling down the throat? <laughs> I basically, it's, I, I, I think that that's exactly putting it exactly right. I borrowed that from Eazy-E. And I think he had Ice Cube write that from. We're at the end of the second hour, August 20, 2021. This Pedro Show special guest, Paul Claro. Okay, for hour three. I learned, now I'm learning August something. August 2021. That's hard to say. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Lot for Pedro show. We start off the third hour with hidden terror. No, first it was continued from cinema cinema. What better way to start off the third hour with continued, right? And then uh, <laughs> Dreka with again from Great uh, Good Sites, uh, comp number three, sublimation. This is a detail for some reason. Golden braid. Maybe there's a couple versions, and this is the detailed version as opposed to the airbrush. <laughs> and then Cinema Cinema with Bratislava, which everybody knows is capital Slovakia. Okay. Paul, tell me about the first Cinema Cinema gig you did with Ev. Oh, man, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was, uh, it was a um, February. Ev would know the exact date and the day that we played. Maybe it was it might have been like a Tuesday or something. I don't know, but I was I was so excited. I was only uh, I was only like 19 at the time when we first started playing. So, and this was after maybe a month of us practicing together. We had kind of just started in January of 2008, and then by February, middle of February 2008, we were playing a gig in the city. And I've had some connections and stuff through to other uh, venues and stuff to, uh, from playing around the city with the, with the other guys and stuff. So um, it was pretty easy for us to get the ball rolling and just kind of like go out there and just play what we had to uh to offer at that time you know so we it was pretty quick process of us jamming together realizing hey we can just do this as two people we don't really need to wait for anybody else we could let's just go and start playing gigs and yeah i think maybe even in the early days we might have thought oh maybe we'll add a bassist or maybe we'll do this or whatever but pretty instantly we realized that it it just worked the two of us and it was such a i was gonna say paul that poor lonely kick drum Yeah, man, it's it's tough. It's tough. What I have to sometimes, especially early on, make up a baseline in my in my head to follow. Like, well, you know, that's yeah. why Earl Palmer. You know, before Earl Palmer, Lil Richards drummer, well, he played on all kinds of records, second only to Hal Blaine. But he's the guy who invented the steady kick drum. Before that, kick drums were just bombs for accidents. But because it could, <laughs> sometimes it couldn't carry a bass man, he came in with this steady kick and changed. That's the what we call the rock and roll drum beat now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I don't mean to be like a little lecture. So this gig no. was a success. It was a twofer, two-man deal, and, and they didn't throw shit? Not, that, not, not at that gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of gigs where they throw shit. I, I can relate, Paul, believe yeah. me. We've definitely emptied some rooms in yeah, our day. You we know. call those character builders. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Especially early on. I mean, we were just figuring things out, sure. but it was... Uh, and also the uh, whole idea of, a, of a, the gig goers and then the people who are bringing the music of it coinciding, that's kind of a dice roll. So unless you're total, you know, whatever, uh, what do you call it when you uh, uh, prostitute yourself? Well, maybe <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just the, the creativity versus uh, ex- expression versus, hey, it's my money. I want to hear what I want. You know, it's all a trippy kind of thing. I think... People forget about that dynamic. Totally. Uh, let, let's talk about this record. How long did it take to do? Well, so I think the, the, one of the last times you talked to Ev, we were promoting the, the first edition right, of this right. uh, CCXMD collaboration. It's a collaboration between us and our uh, amazing wind maestro, Matt Dario, who we met in around 2013. And out of that relationship, we kind of really enjoyed having like a third it was like really the first time we had had a third person kind of enter into the cinema mix, right? right. And uh, having a, a, a horn player, especially for me with my background kind of 
uh, in jazz through my high school, which, uh, you know, that really was a, a growth for me as a musician, like playing big band stuff and, you know, like the classics like in the mood and uh, in a sentimental mood and stuff like that. Like the some stuff like Mac the Knife, like all these all these songs like it brought me back playing with Matt brought me back to that kind of thing. And, I, and it kind of for me specifically and I think for, for Ev as well, but and for the band in general, we kind of it took us into a whole different direction. Right. It opened up. um like little compartments of our creativity that we didn't even know that we so, so in a way it kind of came together quick yeah exactly kind of it kind of came because matt dario is a is a very busy guy and he's a hard guy to nail down so we practiced we played a gig and then before you know it we're like let's try to record something and uh we just went into the studio one fateful day and recorded for like 90 minutes and the result of that yielded that's what we're these, hearing okay okay so he's like, if you wouldn't have grabbed him, then it might have been lost. So it was an opportunity you had to nail. Right. It was. Uh, it yeah. was the moment. Was the moment yeah, was right we, there, and you know, we had we, to take it. We forget it. about that. That life is finite, you know, and we always think there's time. But yeah. I, I think little lessons like that are, are kind of good for the big picture too. Maybe there ain't enough time, and maybe what they say: strike when the iron's hot. So right. the, the man was ready. Right, his lungs were full of air, and he was ready to <laughs> blow. And so you and Ev, you, 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 uh, right, uh, he caveat emptor, or whatever. Yeah, basically. Uh, no, no, carpe diem, carpe diem, carpe diem. Yeah, get yeah. your fucking Latin together. What? Look, you gave me here uh, hidden tariff. Now we're gonna play it.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Hidden Tariff, Cinema Cinema, TV Pow, from uh, Brett Goodsight's uh, third compilation, Sublimation, out of Milwaukee. Predator in the Alley, I think he might be involved with that project. Cinema Cinema, finally, a life of its own. So the titles probably came last, right? Uh, was it like kind of like Miles uh, on the Corner or something where you had the big, because you said 90 minutes, and then from there you carved up things later basically yeah i mean we just did improv i think we did like three kind of 30 minute jams and then um you know edited from there and then the, we, i think we also like some of the cloud things that we put on the the record those were just like specific thoughts that uh, you know matt had that he would say oh let's let's just do a quick thing that sounds like a cloud and or think of a cloud and play, you know? So we did little things like that and then like little spastic. So was, uh, was just, he kind of running the sessions and you and Ev were more like accomplices? I mean, it was, there was definitely a sense of like kind of reverence that we had from Matt and sure, respect sure. that we, that we kind of just let him kind of like, we built the dance floor for him to like tap dance on yeah, top of right. the way. <laughs> Which is probably better than using your foreheads. <laughs> yeah or, or any other type of heads you know <laughs> i remember it's jimmy cagney or some shit right he used that in a movie or something he's That's a guy empty, he'd empty his gun out at you and then throw the gun at you he pushed the bullets at you and then he'd throw the gun at you when it was empty that's usually that's usually the cinema approach <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you and f you didn't prepare anything you didn't you didn't bring in tunes no, nothing at all. We, we, yeah. we, I think we, we had an, uh, kind of a, uh, this a meeting of the minds like, before. Uh, Nels Klein territory. I mean, I, I, I would be very proud to be in that territory. I don't know if we are, if we are or not, but, uh, we definitely didn't have anything planned. We just, 
Well, Maybe like, we have like a... this. Let, let me put it like this, Paul. Like, oh, you've got. We're going to paint some coffee mugs. No, no, no. See that hunk of clay? You're going to put it on the wheel, and you're going to spin the mug. Then you're going to paint it. <laughs> that is a, that is exactly it. the imagery that I have. That is exactly how I feel felt in that moment. We were just spinning the clay, yeah. and I think really the the, the molding kind of happened in the room. You know, especially with with Matt kind of leading us in certain ways, like kind of being a band leader. But also, sure. I think we we also passed the baton a little bit. You know, like okay, if yeah, you listen sure. on that. You know, like if we if I listen you back start to the, first, hey, you start first this time. No, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. And if I listen, I mean, it was, it was such a blur now. And it was so long ago at this point, a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, when I listen back to it, it kind of brings me back to that moment of being in that creative space and feeling that, you know, that unspoken kind of connection where it's like, OK, now it's your turn. You know, like you do something and then that would bring but, us to another. Yeah. But you're still trying to make an interesting conversation. And that way, music is kind of like human connect. Paul, Absolutely. You got a, do you got your own website? Uh, me, me personally, like paulclaro.com? Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't have that. One day you no. will, because a drummer in demand, people want to know where to find him on the internet. So <laughs> just, a little, <laughs> just a little suggest. Uh, That's good to that, You think you're ever going to play Tom again? Um, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of graduated up to. Uh, uh, you said Tama, right? Like the Tama drum, the drum kit. No, 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 uh, the the horn man. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I well, we we are working on something else with 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 Matt. Um, Matt, Matt, Fuck. Matt, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I thought Matt, you said yeah. Thomas. <laughs> no, with uh, Alzheimer's, you're always meeting new people. <laughs> oh my god! Always hearing new songs. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fresh, right? Yeah, everything. Totally. <laughs> So I met Matt. Are you going to work with him again? Well, I mean, what what's next in line for Cinema? Well, we actually, uh, on this very day, on the day that we're re- releasing uh, this album, yeah. uh, we're talking on, on August 20th, 2020, 2021. Right. Um, this this album is coming out that day. It's the second of that session that we recorded years ago. But actually, it's, on this night, we're, me and Ev are meeting up to go edit some new material that we did with Matt during the pandemic. Um, for like, a third record. For a third, hopefully a third record, yeah, that we oh, can work that's with. bitching. That's most Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been really, truly an honor. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> People, it's been August 20, 2021. This Wapito Show. Keep you fat or dry.